Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 757 Renaissance Man Podcast. And if you've been keeping up, you would know we are still rolling on with the uh, C4 Challenge, the Content Creators of Color Collective 30-Day Challenge. And since time is running kind of low, guess where y'all going to hear this episode at on the 30-Day Challenge? So, Chris, you have unwittingly be, been dragged into this challenge. <laughs> How He's are you today? like, oh, no, did I miss that part? <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> What's going on, Chris? How are you doing today? Oh, man, doing well, brother. How are you, man? Ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Mr. Chris Giles of Black Tie Media. Uh, tell people a little bit about yourself. Hey man, uh, what's going on, everybody? Chris B. Giles. Uh, I'm a owner, founder, lead creator over at Black Tie Media. Uh, we help content creators monetize and simplify their process. I'm also audio engineer, do a live event space, and I mean that's me in a nutshell, man. Quick and dirty. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And he's a seven five seven cousin. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Came up in the was it was it eight oh four? Uh, five four oh five four oh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, man. Not to be confused with those uh, no limit guys, you know, not not the five oh four, the five four oh. Frederick's Tell him. So explain to me what you do for content creators. I mean, I know, but yeah. for all the people out there, um, and especially since this is kind of going for the thirty day challenge, I'm going to be, you know. You know, but we're going to be dealing with a lot of other content creators and maybe this might be some information that can help them out. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. One of the biggest things that we got into was uh, the education piece, right? We wanted to train people, um, one, how to get paid for what you're doing um, and not you don't have to wait till you got a million followers and all that. But how at the level that you're at, uh, micro and nano influencers, how there's money out there for you. Um, so for me, currently, one of my biggest platforms is Amazon Live specifically, right? Mm -hmm. And so we launched an Amazon Live group to teach people how to make money specifically on that platform. And then we've been expanding that one to bring people to the platform because it's newer. But two, hey, this is not the only way. It's not just affiliate income, right? There's sponsorships out there. There's what's the business that's around your, your show, whether it's a podcast or a live stream or you're a blog writer. And so that's the biggest thing we try to do is educate uh, everybody around us on how to get this money, no matter your size, man. So what was the inspiration for that? Bro, it, it, you know, it's funny. It We kind of fell into it in a sense, like, um, so, you know, pre pre 2020, I was uh, live. I, I did live events. That's what I did. I was an audio engineer. I DJed. And so when 2020 hit and like literally March came, the rest of my year was canceled. Like I had so many places to be and it was just like, nope, nothing. And so I was in the video games. And so I was like, well, I got some time on my hands. Why don't I game? And then I'll just live stream the gaming. Right. Um, stumbled into a buddy of mine that I'd known for years and he was crushing it on YouTube. I mean, something like you know, a hundred followers up to like 10,000 halfway through last year. And, you know, he's at 22,000 now. It's like crazy. And he, you know, got with him talking about YouTube. Hey, tell me this YouTube thing. And he whispers, he goes, well, you should actually go check out Amazon live. Cause it's new, new, mm -hmm. nobody really knows. And so 
Um, I mean, jumped jumped over there, man. And what I realized is, as I as as we were meeting new creators, um, one they were just kind of accepting. They were trying to figure out how to do the brand deal, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Hey, people keep sending us products, but like, how do we get paid?" Or they were like, "Hey, we get paid fifty bucks uh, to do this thing." And it was just kind of like, "This is a business. Like, you can make more money than that." Like, and so. It, it just became a passion because I got tired of seeing people not making money that they deserve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Leaving money on the table and not even understanding one that they could make money. It was so many people that didn't even know that, Oh, I have a podcast. I can make money. Like, you know, we've been in the rooms with Billy and stuff and just the, the, the amount of people that go, Oh no, I just do it for fun. And you're like, well, why not pay, get your hobby paid for it? Even mm-hmm. if it is just for fun. Right. So. When, so okay, so now that you're you're tying people's creatives with that money, with that with that bag, yeah. How do you? A lot of times, people when they're creative, they're it's their baby, <laughs> right? You know, right, right. How do you uh, work with people's passion projects? Yeah, because they they're trusting you with their babies. Yeah. Yeah, like no, is, it, is it is a level of responsibility that goes with that? Oh yeah, it's a, it's a huge responsibility, man. Because um, jumping into that, like, if you trust me with your, if like you said, you trust me with your baby, or trust me with helping you teach your, you know, grow your baby, right? Then there's, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility because then you have to figure out, well, if I mess up, you know, it, it could come out not looking the way that it wanted to look, right? So one of the biggest things for me is, whatever your passion is is we figure that out up front because we don't want to uh, diminish the passion by just putting dollar signs on it. Right. So for example, you know, um, trying to think, I have a, you know, artistic friend, if they are, if their art is a very specific style of art and that's what they believe in, then I'm not going to go get Crayola to sponsor them. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, no, we do water colors or, you know what I mean? And like, keeping it as close to uh, what you're doing and the passion that you have so that way it doesn't get tainted, you know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, I know you talk about that all the time. I want to talk about how did you get into audio engineering and did you realize, how did you realize that was your passion? So funny. I, I've honestly, I've been uh, I've been mixing since I was 16. Mm-hmm. I started DJing when I was 18. Um it's funny because it started out as a, a way to get out of church. <laughs> I didn't want to sit in the church. And I was like, well, how do I do it? I got to join a ministry and parking lot ministry got hot in the summertime. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, what's inside that I can do? <laughs> you know, and, and I got in there, I started mixing and doing a uh, video cause we had the cameras mm-hmm. and, and I was like, well, I love music. You know, music was always a love of mine. So then it was kind of like, how do I parlay this? into an actual thing, you know, people, you know, a lot of people don't even try to attempt their dreams, right? They just kind of throw it out there and be like, well, you know, somebody makes it right. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, it was always being, my goal was always to be the DJ, the producer. Like I wanted to be on that level. And so it just honestly kind of stuck with me in that sense that I never gave up on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you like best? Do you like mixing uh, audio behind the scenes? Or do you like, being the DJ up front um, and, and, you know, getting the attention. Man, that's funny. I like, I honestly like the mix. And that's why it's like, I could go, I like to go back and forth with it because I mean, sometimes I am like, 
yeah, let's go. I'm that guy. Let's jump in front. But even when I DJ, it's funny because I'm more like a, uh, if we had to, I'm not by no means by comparing my skill level to this, right? But if you ever watch Jazzy Jeff DJ, yes, rarely does he talk. He generally has a hype man that talks for him. And he just does his thing on the tables. And like, that's how I DJ. I prefer to have somebody emceeing or hosting for me. And so it's always still kind of this background, you know, just enough of me to know that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, I don't have to be the face of everything. And so, you know, it's kind of, kind of where I find comfort in, I guess you say. <laughs> All right. So how do you balance your um, church side and your DJing side? Oh, that's a funny one, man. I battle with that. And do they so ever, long, do yeah. both worlds ever combine? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that's, <laughs> I battled with that for years, man, because, you know, you uh, growing up, growing up in church and kind of in more of a strict way, right? Like, oh, you can't, you can't go be in the club. Like, how you going to go DJ in the club and then come to church on Sunday? Like, and what I came to was, I'm just playing music at the club. Like, I'm not in there, you know, partying and getting drunk and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the other kind of stuff that could kind of come with that lifestyle, right? That's not what I was doing. I was coming there to do what I do, get a check, go home. And so um, though there was a lot of flack, it never really bothered me because I just never really cared really what people thought. And um, it got to a point where honestly years in, I can't even remember how many years, but a few years after I got married, I started learning about like Christian hip hop and, you know, that kind of style of music. And I was like, oh, well, this is the thing. But it was, in my opinion, it was corny at the time. <laughs> like, it, it, it was. What it we're... was. I, yeah, I agree with you. It was. <laughs> so, so it was like, well, how do we how do we do that? How do we, you know, get some some better music that, you know, we could do in the church? And so it was always this mix of, you know, I would DJ. I DJ for churches. Like so many churches call me to DJ now. You know, back then you never heard of that. I never had a DJ at the church because there was no music for them to play. You know, mm-hmm. where they just coming to play the Kirk Frank the CD, like right. <laughs> you know. So it's a it it definitely has been a journey. But now I mean. For real, if there's a check involved, generally I'm DJing wherever it is. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So what do you have planned for the future and the future of Black Time Media? Man, that's so that's so good. That's so deep. Um, a huge piece of it is this creator economy. Like, I mean, essentially how we kind of met, right? Um, is that one, I want to be able to help other creators. And I'm working on and trying to, narrow in the way that I'm able to help creators the best way possible and specifically creators that don't have a large following is really the passion, right? Cause if you got a large following, generally speaking, you, you there's somebody out there willing to, you know, take, take a cut of your money to, to do it for you. Right. right. Point you in the right direction. Right. Right. Point you in the right direction. <laughs> you know, my, my goal though is like, you know, the, the, the content creators that, you know, the bomb bloggers, you know, that just have a thousand followers, but there's mom bloggers with a thousand followers that make six figures. Mm-hmm. doing it and knowing that look that's possible and so that's that's definitely one piece of the business and we're still we're kind of in a restructuring stage now as i'd say uh uh to figure out how we do that best um because we tried it we tried it once it didn't go as well we went too big too big and it had to go home you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> so that's that and then um i mean the other side is production man one of the one of my passions are are, are production and live event production specifically and um, honestly, I want to, you know, grow one of the largest production companies out there. And so there's the big boys, the PRGs and the uh, man, I can't even I just forgot the other dude's name. Um, but there's the, these are the companies that do the, the Super Bowl events. Right. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that you see there. But, you know, half people don't know who they are because they're the behind the scenes person. And so that's 
something that's on my on my site to build that. So um, as things starting to open back up and we're on the road more, it's it's starting to I'm starting to see that vision open up again, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> so we discussed how your transformation came um, during COVID. What else did you learn during that time while we were at home? What did you learn about yourself? Bro, um, man, that's, uh, man, you got some deep questions on here, man. <laughs> uh, for me, not that this is going to sound crazy, not that I had too much ambition, but that I need to, I always need to check my ambition, right? Um, because I was one of those, like, I'm head down, like, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And so I'm running full speed, full speed. And um, we kind of got into the year, and I was, like I said, I had the whole year planned out. You know, it was going to be one of the financially, it was going to be one of the best years I've had in my career. Um, but I also just had two babies. And so I have a, you know, now they're three and uh, two and three of the youngest ones. And then I have two 16 year olds. And so what I realized at that point was I needed to take time and watch them grow. And because uh, my 16 year olds, I had them when I was like 19. So again, I was DJing, I was out. Like I wasn't, I was there, but I wasn't there. Right. And so this was kind of the time to be able to say, okay, you have babies now, watch them learn to walk and learn to talk and do all the things that you missed before. And this is kind of the, the you know, I don't know if redemption is the right word, but this is kind of your opportunity to be a part of that process. So um, I did learn that I had to include the family more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, that, that man, I think if anything, if nobody got anything out of that time, you should have reflected on yourself a little bit. Absolutely. Even if it was just like day 10 and you just tired of being in the house. <laughs> right. Right. But a lot of, a lot of good things were born out of it. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of plenty of, I mean, the amount of people that I've met online mm -hmm. that, you know, I wouldn't have met. It's weird because you wouldn't have met them in person, in my opinion. Right. Cause you had access, you know, one of the, What's the app? You know, Clubhouse. Clubhouse is crazy, and it wasn't it wasn't birthed out of, you know, uh, COVID. But guess what? It was COVID helped it blew it. up in it. Yeah, that was his adolescence period, <laughs> right? And so, you know, the amount of people that I've met, connected with, and communicated with through that man—that's just—I mean, that's priceless. Like, I, you couldn't have planned that better, you know. So you mentioned growing up in the church, and you know, you talking to a fellow church kid, a PK. <laughs> yep. Um, how does your faith help guide you in what you do in business? Man, for me, I have to see what the I have to see what the positive is going to be out of it. Now, um, growing up, like I told you, you know, I've I've wanted to be in the music game my whole life, right? And back then, it was about the money and the flash and like what you saw on TV. We grew up watching, you know, BET, MTV, and saw what the rappers did and what they had and um so it was it was chasing that and when i finally got to a point of it's not bad to have or want nice things right mm -hmm. but when that's the only reason then there that's where the problem kind of comes in you know the the was the, the the old scriptures the the root of evil is the love of money go ahead now I, it's not the money right it's the, the money's good go ahead <laughs> and preach that. now <laughs> But you know, it's it's not the money; it's the love of it. And so, yeah. when you use it for the tool that it is, then it's all good. So, have nice things, but also be ready to give back. Be ready to you know bring other people up, help other people get it too. You know, 
I think that's interesting that you um, brought that up because I think that once you're labeled as a Christian or a person of faith, people look at you through different lenses. And why can't you? Why? Because I got to be a Christian. I got to struggle. Yeah, I got to be broke, man. <laughs> like, my other argument is why, if I'm a Christian, why I got to be a punk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why I got to be a punk? Why? Yeah. I got to let you talk to me crazy because I'm a, yeah. I'm a Christian. Because we supposed to turn the other cheek, right? <laughs> right. I think because I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to be able to lay you out <laughs> and then go ask for forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's 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 uh, things are changing in the church, but that's what I would like to see. You know, yeah. you know, I, I think we should be able to be more open. With I grew up as a, a preacher's kid, so I got to see both sides of it, the ins, yeah. the ins and the outs, and I also recognize that church is a business. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely. I just think that you know, with our kids and coming up, we need to be a little bit more transparent. Then, you know, the generations before us, they was worried about, you know, women wearing pants. And it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. and now look what we had. No That's the last thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's go back to those days. It was easier days. <laughs> yeah, bro. All right, Chris. So I'm going to let you go. This is uh, this was going to be a real quick episode for today. Um, but what I want to know and what I ask all my guests if a young Chris came to you and asked you for life advice, what yeah. would you tell him? Man, I would say literally, <laughs> literally you can do anything in your life that you want to if you're actually willing to put the work in. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the deep. My dad told me when <laughs> I joke one day, I said, I'm going to get on a big stage one day when everything, when I feel like we all, when we, we made it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, man, you know, my dad told me a thing. He said, <laughs> he said, you can be whatever you want to be. And I dared, I dared to actually believe that he meant it. Right. Because so many people don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. So how can everybody get in touch with you? What's your socials, your websites, all your information go? Yeah, man, everything, everything is Crispy Giles, so CrispyGiles.com and then Crispy Giles 1 uh, on all social media. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you spending time today. Um, this episode is going to be going down in history as an episode included in the C4 Challenge. You were one of my 30, one of my lucky special edition <laughs> episodes. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So everybody check out the content creators of color. Um, challenge we are on Instagram um, I'm going to link all the things um, also check out 757renaissanceman.com if you go there you can get video audio leave us a message let us know what you want us to talk about next and that's it man I think we up out of here that's a good one for the day hey bro appreciate you for having me man I think I got some editing to do <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the 757 Renaissance Man podcast. I'm Sean. That's Chris. We out. Peace. Peace.